getting absolutely blasted thinking about preaching about Jesus. <laughs> like, there's, like, you know how much stuff is in here? Like, and the ideas that the things in here mean, like how deep it is, it's, it's unfathomable. It's, in, it's crazy, yeah? There's so much stuff to talk about. And I found myself walking around just thinking, wow, I think talking about Jesus is my favorite thing to do. And I started crying. I was just getting so blasted. Wow. Um, so, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the revelation of your son that you've revealed yourself to us. Father, I pray for a deep revelation today. I pray for a journey into your heart, into your essence, into your love, into your nature, into your vastness, into your character. <laughs> oh, God. I pray people just get blasted today on the good news of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would speak. I pray that your spirit would enlighten each of us individually beyond the words that are spoken that we're talking about. Lord, that you would move our hearts. I pray that you would increase our understanding. I pray you'd increase our knowledge of Jesus. Amen. Okay, if you got a Bible, we're going to go to the Gospel of John. You guys doing good? That worship time was, it was funny as, it's never planned, you know, it's not like we get up and we talk to the worship team or like, okay, sing these songs because we want to talk about these things. But I always, it's so, every time that it's beyond coincidence and it is hilarious. And I was just during worship and we're just singing about Jesus. We're talking about Yahweh, the I am, the righteous son, the everlasting father. You are Yahweh. Talking about who he is, the beauty of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. We were just singing about it like, wasn't that fun? Like that was orchestrated by God. Like, you know? Isn't that awesome? Like, I don't think we should like just pass by that moment. I, I, was, I was like, this is crazy. Like, everything I want to talk about, we're singing. And then none of it was pre like, hey, David, can you sing these songs? None of it. And it's never like that. But for some weird, holy reason, it's always like that. You know, it's like 12 years. I'm telling you, it's always like that. It's weird. The best way. It's like holy weird. It's like scary weird. You know? All right, if you got your Bible, John. I'm going to read some scripture to you. Chapter 1. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. And the word was God. 
He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Verse 14 says, so the word became human and made his home among us. <laughs> Come on. And we have seen, oh wait, no, I, I missed a sentence. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. In verse 18, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son is himself God and is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Isn't that beautiful? Come on. That's good news. The Bible says, in the beginning... Sue, I keep thinking about you. This whole worship time, I kept thinking about you. And I just can't hold back right now. Can we all just pray for Sue real quick? I just release over. I know that you don't, I know you're not looking for anything. I just bless you right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for what you're doing in Sue. I thank you for a, an increase in the prophetic for her. Lord, an increase. An increase. I see you, I see you waiting in the shallow and all the deeps that people think you're in, I see you waiting in the shallow and God says there is yet way more. And so I bless you right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for a, just a supernatural outpouring over you in this season. Dreams, visions, words, anything that God has for you to pour out for others. God, I thank you that she has a heart earnestly desiring the spiritual gifts, especially that she may prophesy. So we bless you right now in Jesus' name, and we honor you for your hunger for God. Amen. Guys, the Bible says, in the beginning, thanks for letting me go on a side tangent. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Everything was made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not, cannot overcome it. Isn't this good news? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's go. Isn't this good? In the beginning. Where in the Bible do we have a story that starts with, in the beginning? Genesis, which means beginning. <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the deep. Darkness. And God said, let there be, and there was. This is day one. Day four, he made the sun, the moon, the stars. Day one, he said, let there be light. There was no sun. 
There was no moon. There were no stars. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. In the very beginning of creation, God, who is infinite, God, who is invisible, God, who is everlasting, God, who has all power, God, who cannot be approached and cannot be touched, He cannot be defeated, He cannot be seen. God said, let there be light. And this light was the sun. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the creator of the universe. God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. And yet, when he manifests himself in a specific place, the fullness of who he is is in this person. And yet, God is still everywhere. You guys following? If an invisible God who is everywhere and beyond everything were to embody himself in an image, that is the sun. <laughs> That's good. Okay, let's read another Bible verse. Go with me to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. We're going to read verse 15 and 16. Actually, I'm going to read 15 through 20 because it's that good. You ready? Christ, by the way, Christ means Messiah in Hebrew. Christ is Greek for Messiah. If you were in the Bible class a month and a half ago, you would have known this. Christ is the same as Messiah, and that means anointed one. Okay? I'm just going to go there because I feel the Lord on it. There were certain people who were anointed in the Old Testament, kings, prophets, and priests. They were anointed, meaning oil was put on their head, meaning the Holy Spirit was upon them to do a ministry for God. The priests ministered to God, the prophets ministered to the people, and the kings governed the people. Follow? Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He's the anointed one. He is the king of kings. He's the prophet of all prophets, and he's our high priest. Do we understand? Christ. That's what Christ means. Christ. He's the anointed one, the ruler of rulers, the Lord of lords. Whenever we say Jesus Christ, we're saying Jesus is the ruler of all rulers. He's the leader of all leaders. He is our high priest. He is the, not just a prophet, he's the word of God. 
He's not just a king. He's the king of kings. He's Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Messiah. Okay, that's another message. Here we go. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Christ is the visible image of the... I'm reading from the NLT. I'm sure all your versions will sound a little different, but they all mean the same thing. Praise God. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Isn't this awesome? Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. I'm gonna. <laughs> if you didn't hear him, he said, keep going. We're gonna go to John chapter eight. I just got a lot of Bible for you today. John 8, verse 56. In this chapter, Jesus was talking to the Jews and saying, basically, God's not your father. If God was your father, you'd listen to me. And he's rebuking them. So the people that are hearing Jesus say these things say, the people said, verse 52, now we know you are possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and prophets died, but you say, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. But it is my Father who will glorify me. You say he is our God. But you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be a great liar as you. 
but I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people were a little shook. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. Jesus was younger than me. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? (laughs) You're not even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Isn't that fun? Okay, one more. Actually, a couple more. I got no shame in this. John chapter 10. Aren't these verses, you know, when we just, it's so fun just to hear the word of God. I was captivated by this quote that I read by Smith Wigglesworth in his Bible. It was his hand notes, which I think Bill Johnson owns this Bible, but I'm not too sure. That's what I heard. Anyways, the hand notes in it were really cool. He's talking about the Bible and all stuff. But this one little, this one little saying in there caught me. And he said, read it through, write it down, pray it in, work it out. Pass it on. Isn't that good? Read it through, write it down, pray it in, work it out, pass it on. If you don't read it, it's going to be hard to pass it. It all starts with something, right? But you got to read it, then engage it, and then pray it, and then live it. And then you become a living epistle. Yeah? I say that because I just get so blessed when we just read the Bible. This is John chapter 10, verse 30. Mm. He said, the Father and I are one. (laughs) The next verse says, once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. (laughs) Make no doubt about it. Jesus didn't mince his words. He said it, he meant it, and he made people very upset. Before Abraham was, I am. I am is a huge statement for a Jew and in the Old Testament. It is the very description of what God says to say, who sent you. Say, I am has sent you. Jesus says, I am. Stone the man, they thought. They couldn't. Two chapters later, Jesus talking to him. He says a lot more than I read, but for the sake of time. He says, oh, oh, by the way, that whole conversation about the Father, we're one. They picked up stones to kill him again. But he kept talking to them. Isn't that crazy? They were too shell-shocked. They couldn't even throw it yet. One more. John chapter 14. It's the last one. John 14. I love this. 
I want to start with verse 6, because how beautiful is this? Jesus told him, John 14, verse 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Say, through me. I want you to think about that for a second. Except, hi, except through me. Not you go to the Father because of me, but through me, you can come to the Father. Did that click? Through me, you can come to the Father. He's the image of God. Yes? Okay. They, they didn't get what I'm saying. This is what happens. He says, Philip, verse 8, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. He just said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. They said, Jesus, show us the Father as if he's separate. And, the, and Jesus says this, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? <laughs> Come on, guys. Is anybody as happy as I am right now? This is crazy. Oh, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but the Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the works you've seen me do. We'll stop right there, otherwise we're going to go into talking about another topic. I and the Father are one, the Jews thought. Kill him! Before Abraham was, I am. Kill him! My disciples, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Lord, Philip said, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. The Lord replied, have I been with you this long, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was not created he was begotten. <laughs> Jesus is the everlasting God. He is the image of the invisible, eternal, everlasting, almighty God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. When you look at Jesus, you see God. The Bible says that your eyes are the windows to your soul. And the Bible says in Revelation that his eyes are a flame of fire. And the Bible says that God, our God, is an all-consuming fire. The invisible God has made himself known in Jesus. Yes. He didn't just make himself known when he was born of 
Mary, he was here at the very beginning. And he showed himself multiple times. It's really interesting because the Bible says no one has seen God at any time. And when it says that, it's talking about the, the vastness, the, the immeasurable greatness of the infinite, invisible, surpassing God that is beyond creation. It's beyond comprehension how big that guy is. Yes? And yet, there's the image. And in him, the fullness of God dwelt. Isn't that fun? And we were made by him, through him, and for him. For communion with him. We were made in his image, after his likeness. God has made us for communion with him. Right? But there is an issue, and the issue we all know, yeah, it's sin and death. <clears throat> the Bible says that at the end of time, which is pretty crazy because this is 2,000 years ago, makes you think we're really in the last days. At the end of time, God became a man in Jesus to redeem us from the curse of the law. God took on flesh, the Bible says, and he tabernacled among us. That means he dwelt, lived in a body as a man among us. The guy did not sin. Jesus never sinned. Yet God, who is untouchable, unapproachable, the Bible says he dwells in unapproachable light, was approached by soldiers. The one who cannot be touched was taken captive. The one who cannot be hurt was beat and flogged. <laughs> the one who reigns in glory, literally radiating colors, was hung on a cross. The perfect Lamb of God who did no sin. Jesus committed no sin. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, it says that God raised him from the dead. And then it says, in fact, death could not hold him. <laughs> wow. Jesus suffered something that he didn't deserve. Why is death in the world? The Bible says that death is in the world because of sin. That's why death's in the world. That's our problem as people. You're not born coming out cussing at your parents. <laughs> Screaming, but maybe not cussing. You're coming out crying. But you do come out with a problem, and it's mortality. And it becomes a cycle, the broken cycle. Yes? And none of us are perfect. If you think you are, you're a liar. 
and the truth is not in you. None of us can say that we were without sin based on ourselves and what we've done. None of us. If we were to say that, we would be liars and the truth is not in us. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. And if we were to die, we would be bound to the grave. Jesus calls it outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. (sighs) Unable to resurrect yourself. Yes? Therefore, the fathers of the faith of old put their faith in the one who was to come, spoken first to Eve and to Adam, your seed will crush his head. Talking about the serpent. Your seed, Jesus, will come and crush his head. And the fathers of old, the mothers of old, the saints of old put their faith in God, in the one who was to come and to rescue them. And it says that they were in the bosom of Abraham awaiting a savior in what the Jews called Sheol. And Jesus said there was a vast chasm from that side to the side that are awaiting punishment in darkness. This side called paradise, that side a living hell. We all still together. Jesus came at the end of time, entered into the grave, and set captives free. When Christ rose from the dead, other people rose up too. Did you know that? That's in the Bible. It's crazy. (laughs) That's not the, there's a resurrection coming. That was like part one. It's almost like Christ was coming up. He couldn't help himself come up with me. If we were to die on our own, we cannot save ourselves from the dark place of death. That's a problem. Yes? But God, who cannot be seen, who cannot be approached, who cannot be touched, who cannot be hurt, became seen. Let them approach him. Although they said, Where is Jesus? And he says, I'm right here. The soldier fell back on the ground. (laughs) I love that story. Oh, by the way, and then then Peter, remember? Peter takes the sword and says, I got your back, Jesus! Cuts off the guy's ear. Cuts off the soldier's ear. And Jesus is like, whoa! Put your sword away, bro. I don't need your defense right now goes and picks up that dirty ear. I'm sure maybe, I don't know, it's got to be nasty. (laughs) Nasty. I don't know, but Jesus is perfect. Whatever he did with it. Sticks it back on that dude's head. Healed immediately. And these people still took him in. (laughs) I imagine they're just probably like, all right, let's go, buddy. You know, that's crazy. But God, who is unseen, unapproachable, Unable to get hurt. (laughs) Invincible. Became a man. He did not sin. Why is it? Why is it that the Bible says death could not hold him? The Bible says death could not hold him because he committed no sin. 
What happens if you kill a perfect person? They resurrect. He's the only one. And the Bible says that he's overcome the world. Yes. He went into the grave. The ones who are waiting for him are now with him in heavenly places, awaiting his coming again to transform everything that we see. This right now is a final curtain call for all humanity. Jesus says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. People, we get very, uh, what's the word? Um, we get consumed by the things going on in the world so much that it distracts us from any real substantial questions we should ask ourselves. And typically it's not until something really big or drastic or crazy happens that we begin to think, what's going to happen to me after I die? Or why am I here? Or what's the purpose of my life? And who am I? We, we get distracted and we can push all those things aside that we surely need to know. Yeah? And we do have a major problem. If Jesus comes back and we're still living, we will still be alive. There will be a generation of people that do not physically die. Isn't that crazy? But albeit he doesn't come, if he doesn't come in our day, our mortality will meet us. And that's okay because death will be swallowed up in the resurrection. Jesus is the savior of the whole world. There is no other man who's overcome death. No other man has overcome death. No other man has overcome death and he didn't do it for himself. He did it for you. The wages of sin is death. Jesus committed none. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin that you might become the righteousness of God in him. The Bible says he's become a life-giving spirit. And if you put your faith in him, you shall never die. You shall receive everlasting life. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. Who is this Jesus? He's the Son of God. He is the image of the invisible God. He is God made manifest for you and for me. And he died your death on the cross already. And he resurrected in your resurrection that he has for you. Isn't that good? He died your death and he conquered it for you. And he is here to give you life and life abundantly. He is the everlasting God, the creator of the universe. You were made for him and he made himself known. I want to encourage you to Read your Bibles. I want to encourage you to read the Gospels maybe this week a little bit. I want to encourage you to think about our Lord and Savior. He loves you so... God 
did not need to come down and feel any pain. Yet, he couldn't help himself because he's love. There is no other way. He loves you abundantly. The Bible says that he showed his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Praise God we don't have a God who says he's love without action. And we have a high priest who can empathize with our weakness because he suffered and was tempted yet without sin. Therefore, the Bible says we can come before him to receive help in our time of need. So, I found myself in prayer just thinking about Jesus. The Bible says, contemplate his glory. The Bible says that we're transformed from glory to glory as we contemplate his glory. Contemplate Jesus. That is how you see God. Yeah? Contemplate Christ. That is how you see God. Jesus, by the Spirit, says, come in here and see me. Come into the secret place and see me. See me. Contemplate him. Think about him. The invisible God has made himself fully known unto us. And as you grow in the wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of the Son, you understand who you are because he now comes to live in you. The same ministry, when he was talking about his oneness with the Father at the end there to Philip, he goes on, he's like, these same works that I do, you will do. You know what my message was going to be on earlier this week? I was going to talk to you about fishing for Christ. If you go fishing, you got fishing poles or spears for the cool people. Gun spears that shoot spears. That was real fun. Or nets if you're really into numbers. And yet... Jesus says, I'll make you a fisher of men. We don't got no fishing poles. What do we have? We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible says, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Not just especially that you may get a prophetic word, Especially that you may prophesy. Someone came in a couple weeks ago and received Jesus. Phil was prophesying over a lady. How beautiful is this? I'll find out who she is when she comes in. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that they'll come in, if you prophesy, they'll fall down on their knees saying, God's among them. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. 
Some people need to see some signs and wonders. Some people won't believe even if they saw someone raised from the dead because they got the word in front of their face and they're rejecting his voice. But some people need to see some stuff. And we get to pray for people. We get to love on people. Do you know that Jesus, I got to say it, we're going to end right now. Oh, we're still early. Look at that. I must be speaking at supernatural speed. <laughs> Does it not feel like way later? Is that not weird? That's weird. Um, that's crazy. It's funny, when you preach a lot, you like, you don't have to look at a clock. You, you internally know when you're done. Like you, not just when you feel done, like, because maybe you could talk all night until someone falls out a window and dies and you resurrect them. <laughs> but like, you know, like, if you're honoring people in their time, there's kids and, you know, you just know. And I looked up and I'm like 15 minutes off. That is crazy. Not that I'm going to, okay. What was I talking about? Thank you. People need to see it. Yeah, fishing. Oh, Lord. I forget. Father, we just thank you. Oh, I remember. Jesus, the crowds came to him. You know why they came to him? Jesus says, you've come here because I was feeding you. You come here because you heard there was food. In another place, it says that he did these miracles and the crowds heard about it and they came from all over. They came from other cities far away, all the way to where he was, crowding in because of the miracles that they heard. And then it was funny, Jesus would preach and you know what would happen? A bunch of people left. And then he'd look at his disciples and say, are you going to leave too? And they go, you got the words of life, man. We're not leaving you. The, the, net, the net was the axe. The food, the loving, the kindness, the, the miracles, the signs, the wonders. The word was the sorting to put your faith in him, the call to repentance, the call to choose to follow him. <laughs> As Christians, we all participate in those things. And when we participate with the supernatural God, like Jesus walked, people get intrigued by the word. They get intrigued by miracles. They get intrigued by prophecy. They get intrigued. And those are all things to bring people to a loving God in Jesus, yes? And you are the body of Christ on the earth. Just as God, Christ is the image of the invisible God, we are the image of Christ, yes? We are the image of Christ to the world, pointing them to the one who through him you can come to the Father. Only through him and you come to the Father. I want to encourage you this week, one simple thing. Actually, two now, because I already told you to read your Bibles. But one simple thing. I want to encourage you to look at the face of Jesus this week. I pray that you would contemplate him, that you would see him. This is a Christian thing to do. 
and it is actually transforming. You will be transformed as you behold him, as you contemplate him from glory to glory. Part of our growth as Christians comes when we engage him in prayer and look to him and engage God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm pray for us, Father. And can I get the prayer team? If you're here and you want to pray on the prayer team, Joan, ministry team, come up. Father, we just thank you. Maybe Johanna's in here. Can Johanna play some piano for me? Or David, you want to do it? Thanks, buddy. Father, we just thank you right now. I just feel, it's funny because before service started and I was thinking of, I was thinking about the end of the service and I was thinking there's going to be something that God wants to do. And, but yet I knew that I wanted to, I knew that I had to preach. And usually there's not a big wiggle room of time. And I find that pretty much supernatural. I really do. I think that's crazy. Um, and I, I really think there's something for us. And I want you to tap into, does God have someone on your heart in here? Maybe just engage that for one second. Say, God, is there somebody that's highlighted and your light is shining on? And can I step out and give them a word of encouragement? Can I bless them in some way? Yeah? I just want you to do that. Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for our family. I pray that you bless us. I thank you that you're growing us into the fullness of your stature. I thank you that you're going to complete the work that you began in us. Jesus, we look to no other man but you. You're the one who has conquered the world. Lord, through your eyes, we see you. We see the everlasting, all-powerful, loving God. Jesus, we see you and we thank you. God, we thank you for sending your son. We thank you for taking on flesh and becoming a man for us. Heavenly Father, I pray for your blessing. I pray for your will to be done in this church as it is in heaven. I pray for supernatural occurrences to happen in our lives, individually and in community. I pray, Lord, that we would be drawn to see your face, to gaze upon you. Guys, if God is everywhere, where would you be drawn to to meet with him? Praise God is in Jesus. There's somewhere you can go right to the person of Jesus. The fullness of God. The fullness of God is in him. And he wants to meet with you. He wants to see you. And he wants you to see him. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to love on you. He wants to increase your understanding. And so I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's keep this place um, for a few minutes. Just a, a holy spot. If, if you want to pray for people, you want to, if you ask God, you have a word, Joan?
I didn't do the offering and I wanted to. Let's pray for it. And that's why I didn't do the announcements. I thought of that when I was praying. I'm gonna pray for the offering. Um, we're not passing a bucket around. We all know there's a, a box back there. By the way, did you know that they did that back in the day? Jesus uh, would sit back, he actually sat back by the money box and there was a slit on the top and he'd watch. <laughs> How funny would that be? Could you imagine the Lord like chilling? Like where was he at the end of service? He stood right next to the money box one time and he was just chilling there, watching people as they're leaving, putting the money in. And then, as they're putting the money in, he calls them all out. This lady comes up, gives two pennies, and he looks and he goes, ah, Whoa, look, she gave more than the rest of you. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. You know, God is, isn't concerned about amounts. He's concerned about your heart. God owns everything and made everything out of nothing. He doesn't need your money. You got to swallow this. He wants your heart. Yeah? That's why we practice giving, guys. And it's out of complete freedom in Christ Jesus that we give. All right. I'm going to say one more thing because I feel the Lord and I got to say it. Did you guys know we give our first fruits, but we don't give first fruits as like legalism? You don't give first fruits to God to be righteous or to, to get righteous. You guys know that? You don't give a tithe, in other words, to get righteous. Did you guys know that the tithe was part of the Old Testament law? You guys know what else was a part of the Old Testament law? Honor your mother and father. Do you still do it? Yes. The heart of it continues in us. We actually, our righteousness surpasses the righteousness of the Pharisees. The purpose of the law summed up in love is in us and worked through us. That the church is the most giving person on the planet. She ought to be. Because we imitate Christ who gave all for us. Yes? How could we not be the most giving people? And I'm not saying this to get you guys to put money in the box. You know my heart. I'm saying this to teach you as a Christian, this is what we do in freedom, is we're givers in life, outside of these doors. Yes? Uh, so, Father, I just thank you. We thank you for the, the money, the sacrifices, and all the things that are going into your ministry and for your gospel. And I pray, Father, for every person in here, for their wallets. I've already been hearing about some testimonies. We prayed a couple weeks ago for people for miracles, for finances. And, Father, I thank you that things are happening already. People who didn't have cars now got a car. Things are happening. And so, Father, I just pray if people are still in lack, Father, you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. So, Father, through Christ Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would release miracles in Jesus' name to your people that every need is met. Amen? Amen. I love you guys. Okay, we're going to leave this spot open. Love one another.